Uh-huh. Yeah, marvelous. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I'm on my Frank Lucas shit. Three piece suits, Valentino cufflinks, LV shoes. I bring the shorty closer, just enough to fill the gun on the holster. Out on the balcony, filling on the breeze. City skylines, we're puffing on some trees. Cup of honey on the rocks with the soda. Made back front of the building with the chauffeur. And he waiting on me, got a bullet in his hands and my name in the seats. No gift, baby, no thanks, no chinchillas, baby. So what happened to Frank? No phone calls, transactions hand to hand. Leave the drugs to Rick, the money to Benny Banks. Talk to Crazy, he talks to me. Keep my business out the streets, it's the ART. Oh. We normally Crazy. record out of a out of a bar slash lounge. We close the okay. in Washington Heights. It's called the Monkey Room. Right. Uh, great place. We've been going there for years. We know the owner, and, and he just allows us to record our show in the back. Bro, that was the best on. one of the one of the best experiences that I've had in an interview was a podcast that we did with Mario Lopez's team and we were in a bar. But bro, toward toward the middle end of that podcast, bro, shit got crazy. Cause like we were we were just taking him down. <laughs> we, we were taking him down, taking him oh, yeah, down. Oh if if it wasn't COVID, we're live on YouTube now. Crazy here, Dana's here, and Carlos here. So if there would be no COVID, we would be in the monkey room, and you would be having whatever drink you'd want, right, during the interview. And also, we allow our guests to eat also, because some of them just, they're they're coming from one shoot to do another shoot to do the interview. Um, I think Mario was the first one. He He's a comedian. Yeah. Yo, yo con lo comedón que soy... And you don't got to tell me, to, I mean, hey, that sounds like a good time to me, bro. I was telling you, the last time that I did that, the last time we did a podcast in a bar, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what we talked about, to be honest with you. Realistically, <laughs> <laughs> that's how they caught me as a co-host, because they brought me on as a guest. And then oh, really? they brought me, they gave me food, they gave me drinks, and they're like, hey, Jay, like, yeah, ahí se acabó la historia. You were like, I gave you more, me quedé. Let's, let's do some <laughs> We needed a female co-host, and we conned her to come on to our show. <laughs> was, and she was amazing the first time she was on. Um, but some of our best episodes are when Rick gets drunk. I love drunk Rick. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> That's great. That's so, awesome, man. Welcome to our podcast slash show. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, for the people who don't know, the audience that don't know, um, the millions that other millions that do not follow you on Instagram. Who is Jen Carlos? I know you're a singer, songwriter, and an actor. Which one of the three do you feel like? You know, like I do podcasting and I do writing and I'm very passionate about podcasting. Which one of those? Sure. Bro, you know what? Like, if I had to describe myself, because those are things I do. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm i a storyteller, bro. I've, I've learned to identify myself that way. You know, like, I, I, I love storytelling whether it's at a barbecue in the backyard whether it's with my with my friends families i'm always the one trying to tell jokes nine out of ten horrible but i'll do it i'll give it a go um i i i always like i like the the hosting you know and and art art to me is that bro it's it's expressing the way you think and you know through storytelling whether it's with a melody whether it's with music whether it's through a character 
and that's what I love to do, bro. I love to I love to tell stories and bring people together in one way, shape, or form. So that's like the word I would use to to describe myself. I was first and foremost a musician. That's what I did, you know, my childhood growing up. Actually, in this backyard, because I'm here in Miami, spending some time with my with my old folks. This was the first time I ever sang was back there in that corner. You know, it, it didn't even look like that. And this was full. This was full of people, right over here. And uh, and bro, I uh, I sang Juliana que mala eres. I sang. <laughs> I sang Amor Eterno, uh, cause my grandma rest in peace. Loved that song. Um, I, I a few other songs, man. And and it was it was a defining moment for me. I was about six, seven years old, and my dad says that I told him the next day that I wanted to feel that for the rest of my life. And, bro, I got some parents, man, that even though they didn't know shit about the music industry or the entertainment industry, bro, my dad, when he would find out that a neighbor was going to throw a party, he'd go, he'd help me, prepare me, get a little show together, and go knock on their door, and he'd be like, yo, my son sings, you know, we could do the entertainment for you guys, I know, we're throwing, I know you're throwing a party. And literally, I went from backyard to backyard in this neighborhood singing, and that's how I caught my break. That's, that's how I started. I know, that, I know that a lot of people try, especially like as Latinos, I feel like we grow up doing everything. I think even like when you're a mom, tú haces mil cosas. When you're a dad, you, you, you're a handyman, you're a mechanic, you, you cook, you clean, you do a little bit of everything. And in our industry, you know, everybody kind of wants to put you in that box. And like you said, like I do a little bit of everything. But not only do you do a little bit of everything, I've seen you intertwine those works of art together, which is really hard when they want it. Like, no, 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 you should only be an actor. Like, you shouldn't sing and act at the same time or on the same show or in the same, you know. How, sure. how have you managed to, to transition with that? I mean, that's a good question. I, you know, I honestly, like, I feel like there's a saying in Spanish that says, el que mucho abarca, poco aprieta. Like, the, the, the who tries to you know, reach for too much, ends up grabbing nothing, right? So I try to prioritize. I understand that music and acting are, are two forms of art that I love very, very much, that I put my 200% into. And I try to I try to prioritize. I try to take it one project at a time, um, you know, and, and, and really, really follow my passion. When you're passionate about something, yo, you could do it 24 hours a day and you don't get tired. You don't get tired. You got... You, you know what I'm saying? That's why when you said a mom, a dad, of course, because it's the love you have for your family. The love makes you capable, capable of, of anything, you know? So um, I love what I do so much that it really, it, it, it rarely does it fall on my shoulders as a weight or something that I got to like, I have to do. No, I want to do it. So that allows me a lot to, to you know, and one thing I've learned too, that artists, sometimes we, we, we make the mistake of, of just going with our gut and being being emotional, I put more logic behind my decision making, you know, and, and understood that, all right, well, if I know that I got a kid's book in the works, but it's not going to come out for another four or five years, well, then this Netflix show, that's a family show for kids, it makes sense to do now. Because one way or another, those projects, they start opening doors to those audiences that you know, you're going to slowly but surely intertwine with or have a project for. So, you know, mapping out the blueprint, of my of what I would want my career to be in the next five years and then making decisions based on on those things, you know, and surrounding myself with visionaries and great people that help me do it. So 
you mentioned you started very early on with the support from your family. Um, Cubano. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> Rick, Rick, I'm going to uh, need to speak up, Rick. You, you like, got quiet this episode. ¿Qué está pasando aquí? I told you before the interview, I am a fan of this dude. Oh, bro. <laughs> fan, fan. No, the respect not many guys would admit that, you know, but uh, I do, you know. Uh, very proud that you're a Latino and you do what you do. What was your Thank first, you. You, your first big break? Yo, my first big break, my first big break, um, I'd have to tell you that it was, you know, meeting Rudy Perez. Rudy was the producer of Amor Quédate, of my, of my first album. That's the, that's the main producer that really, you know, discovered me, really, and said, I believe in this kid. So I remember that happened because of a commercial I did for Ford. My boy was working in the guy. I, I, would, I would always be David, David Miranda. Um, bro, his dad, really, I, I started recording with him. And then him and I became close and he was working for an agency that did music for brands. And he hits me up one day. I was like 15, 14 years old, 15 years old this time. And David goes, yo, Jay, they're looking for a song for Ford. Um, they just wanted to say Ford a lot, this and that. They, they wanted in English and in Spanish, see what you do. And I wrote a song called Write It Like a Ford. That was like the slogan. Well, bro, long story short, they end up picking a the song. They end up making me the face of the campaign. They end up create. They end up grabbing the song title and making it the slogan of the company for the next ten years. So it was it was a crazy thing. But I mentioned that because it was through that campaign that I became the voice of a foundation. And in that foundation, my dad had been, by the way, side note, sending for an entire year packages to Rudy, and Rudy never answered my dad. Bro, my dad would send him a package every month, every month check out my kid, check out my kid, nothing. And then this foundation did a gala at the end of the year. They, they always do this big gala. And they were giving these tables that were like 25K, mm -hmm. 50K. And bro, I'm from Hialeah. Like, that, there's no way that we ever even, like, at that moment, I was like, oh my God, those tables are like, what, who, who sits there? Like, who does that, you know? Um, and they were like, we'll give you guys a table, you know, as a token of our appreciation for being a voice for the foundation. And I sit down with my dad and I go, bro, what, what are we going to do? Like, we're going we're gonna to take away 25K from this cause just to sit there and dine all night? No, let's give them the table. Let's go. Let's do our job. And let's come home and, and eat with the family. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. And guess who they give the table to, bro? Rudy Perez. So Rudy ends up getting the table that we give them. And then now Rudy, the guy we're trying to reach, is sitting down and about to watch me perform for an hour and a half, bro. And it was one of the most magical moments of my life because I remember my dad going backstage and telling me, guess who's out there? Rudy. And he puts both of his hands on my face, kisses my forehead, and he goes, go do what you do. So I was fired up. So I went out there and I just, I, I, I was in the moment, man. And then Rudy, um, my dad went to the table and, and Rudy asked my dad, he was like, what are you guys doing Monday? And then my dad was like, whatever you tell me. And he's like, come to the studio and the rest is history bro we 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 did the first album we did amor quédate and that night you know i could tell you that it's when i did masa del diablo or when i had this hit show or when i had this my first number one on billboard or this and that but uh frankly it was that night to me bro that night was was one of my biggest breaks for sure masa del diablo was, uh 
the point in time where you were on every Spanish person's television in the point. And uh, it was it was a novella. I used to watch novella. Every Latino that grew up in a, in a household saw it. It's what you had yeah. to watch from seven to ten. The three time slots that had three different novellas on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you were also able to do music at that point in time, and that was the song on it. How do you go from a Spanish market to an English market? And that's very hard because. Sometimes it's not many avenues for us Latinos. For sure. The, the thing is, man, I look, I'm part of like, I'm part of that 200% generation to me. You know, like I'm, I'm 100% American. I was born and raised in this country. You know, I was born and raised in Miami, but I'm 100% Latino. For me, it's not a 50-50 thing. You know, I feel like people like us, we, we really, really, we can swim in both of those waters. You know, um, I, uh, I my career, despite the fact that that I'm that I was born here, and despite the fact that English is my first language, my, my entire career in the beginning was in Spanish, and I thank God that it went down that way because it gave me an opportunity to really, really get to know like what what the culture of what the fabric of our culture is made of, bro. The diversity in the Latino community, you know. Um, to, to have had the opportunity to live in Mexico for six months, uh, to basically Puerto Rico, which is like a second home to me, Dominican Republic, which yo tengo familia en Bonao, um, in Guatemala, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, like really all around Latin America, we got the chance to travel, tour, um, and, uh, and it gave me an understanding of what our people are about, bro. Um, and to, I knew that there was always going to be a moment. I didn't know when. But I just knew that when the opportunity came about uh, for me to open doors for my career in the in the Anglo market, something told me it, it wasn't a matter of if; it was a matter of when, you know. And um, and nothing. We we get the call one day. I, I was in Mexico. I remember I was coming from Mexico. We were doing a show over there, and I get here and I get a call from Eva Longoria, and uh, she's like, "Hey, is this Jim Carlos?" I say, hey, what's up? Who's this? It's like, oh, it's Eva. I go, Eva? Eva? <laughs> She's like, Eva Longoria. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what's up, Eva? <laughs> like, I was, uh, yeah. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> um, oh, Eva. Yeah, of course. What's up? Uh, um, so she lets me know about the project that she was doing with NBC at that time, man. And, and they were, they just happened to be looking for someone that was from Miami. That was a singer and an actor that had a background in telenovelas. I was like, come on. Like I, I, I didn't even, it wasn't fair. I felt like I had been preparing without knowing for that role, like my entire career. So it was, it was a little bit of a no brainer, but I still had to audition. I still had to, you know, knock it out the park. Thankfully, you know, they liked what they saw. And that project was my first thing on American television. And Eva's been a godmother to me, bro. She's my sister. She's my mentor. She's been someone that extreme, like, believes in us hardcore. You know, we, we, we did Grand Hotel in 2019 on ABC, which we had a guest appearance on. She was um, uh, directing and producing that show as well. So I'm just super grateful to have friends like that, man. And, and, uh, and hard work at the end of the day, bro. Hard work, I promise you. Hard work and good intentions and loyalty 
are are the ingredients that have allowed me to open those doors, bro. Uh, being ready for the moment. Nobody's gonna give you an opportunity just because you got a pretty face. Nobody's gonna give you an opportunity just because, um, you know, you're the friend of or you're the cousin of. Yeah, those things happen, but that does not guarantee you longevity, and that does not guarantee you that you're gonna keep that place. You know, uh. So yeah, man, that's um, that was a, a transition that we weren't expecting, but it just God given, bro. I love, I love the fact that you mentioned, um, you know, it, it's a matter of timing when, but as Latinos, you also mentioned earlier that we're very passionate. So passion and waiting and patience is not, they're not really yeah. close cousins to say the least. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so what are some things or maybe advice or some things that you were doing Para mantener esa paciencia, you know, like, okay, like, cool, maybe you couldn't work on English projects, but like you said before, you were writing something, you were prepping for something. And what were those things or what was that thing that helped with that patience? I think the way my mind is programmed, because that's such a good point. And by the way, I still struggle and I still, I'm still working on that patience thing. Because yo, yo quiero todo para, para allá. O sea, you, you know how we are. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. But but definitely patience. I mean, it is, it is an asset. It's a huge asset. I, I think what helped me though, and what continues to help me is that the, the way that I'm wired, the way that I'm programmed is like, if, if I have something that I got to do, like, like, for example, this, this interview, I got that. We, we got this interview right now at eight, even if I have one at nine, like, I don't think about the interview at nine until this interview is done, you know, until I did my job, until I gave my 200% to what I committed to, you know what I'm saying? So when I commit to something, I just laser focus on that something because my main priority is to do that to the best of my abilities, to do that one scene. I know I got another scene after this, but right now my focus is this scene right here. So that has helped me, you know, to to learn how to prioritize and really do things in a, in a in a in a timely fashion, you know, uh, when it comes to that. But trust me, patience. You're right. For us Latinos, it's it's, it's, you know, it's a challenge. What, what you just described. Um, there's a documentary on Michael Jordan, and the reason that a lot of sports writers say that he was able to be as great as he was was not his talent or the way he worked. It was his ability, and I think this is something that the Buddhists practice, his ability to stay in the moment. And that's basically what you're talking about right now. And I think we, as human beings, don't uh, think of how important that is. Big time. Um, I'm glad that you, you said that. So, yeah, Jordan was like that. Not, you know, not to say you're Jordan, but... No, take that's that what you're describing. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great analogy. I'm just saying. Praise and I think Kobe will. Praise. I might be better than Drunk Rick. This Yo, is so much Kobe, better. I, let me tell you, I saw Kobe the last the dance. Way, it's just something that great people have in their mind. Amen. The Amen to, a thousand percent. Moment. Have you guys seen The Last Dance? Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen it. Fantastic. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, you got to see that. You got to no, see that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a, not really a sports, uh, like, like no, crazy more artistic drawing. Focus sports. I got to be honest. I, 
I'm big on sports. Like I, I, I am obsessed with sports. Uh, you know, but I'm telling you, <clears throat> I always had respect for Jordan, but after seeing his just killer mentality, bro, his mindset was be up, just up like, on another level, on another level. And I just, I just saw it. I, I one of my favorite Jordan phrases is, "I, I never lost the game. I just ran out of time." That, yeah. that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, come it's on, come on. Oh. That phrase right there. That phrase, I carry that phrase with me, bro. Everywhere, bro. Absolutely. I mean, what other things? Go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. No, just what you said specifically. Um, I'm a big fan of watching other people on interviews because you get to see a little bit of the personality. And what you said there just gives you an insight of the type of person that you are. Is is the And that's a great piece of advice. The ability to stay in the moment Because when you're doing something, you're not at it 100%. You know? sure. I just became a dad. You know, let's say I'm making coffee. I'm making coffee, but I'm not paying attention to the coffee. I'm also worried about my son. You know, sure. the ability to stay at the task and the moment is it's something that's overlooked. So, but it's very crucial. I agree with you, man. I couldn't agree more, bro. I couldn't agree more. Congratulations on being a dad, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Six weeks, bro. Right? Six weeks, bro. Oof. I was just exactly. saying it as an example. But yes, yes. Um, and, and documentary. So you're fresh. You're fresh yeah. in, bro. Yeah. Hi, Papa. I, uh, I had to pause my podcast for a while. I wanted to give it some time before, you know, I felt like I was comfortable enough to continue. So of course, of course. Well, bro. get ready, bro. You got, yeah, you, you got you got some stuff coming, bro. Six weeks is... It's nothing. I know, but... Just getting started. It's, it's enjoy every I've enjoyed every minute of it. That's awesome, bro. Mm. So Jayla, you were gonna say? Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I just I want I guess touch base on your latest project. Obviously, we just dropped part two of Ashley Garcia, which yeah. has been amazing. I love, love, love. I've had so many like I've cried, I've laughed, I've like I, I just I love because there's so much relatability. This is not like You know, typical, you have a Theo, rather, you know, a young Theo, a, a, a modern day young Theo at that, you know, bien enamorado, que le gusta las cosas, you know, bien vestido, tu trabajito, he has his thing. But at the same time, now he has this genius in his home. And now he has to, in a way, like, okay, her mom doesn't trust me. Like, it, it happens like that and all this stuff. So how's that kind of been going? Because you guys dropped part one, which is great. And then part two, like... I left, I'm like, man, wait, what? What's going on here? Crazy. Part, part two, thank you for everything you said right now, by the way, Jayla, because those are the reasons why, you know, why I was excited about being a part of this project. You know, I feel like all the representation Latinos have, it's all good. It's all great because at the end of the day, you know, we're hospitable. Like th those are attributes of our culture that, I also respect and love, like when I see the waiter or the waitress or, 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 the, or the dude mowing the lawn, like we should be proud of those jobs, you know what I'm saying? We should be proud of, 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 of the Latinos that we have in the workspace, the, in those workspaces, um, you know, doing the, the hard labor and all that stuff. I take pride as a Latino in that stuff, but also we got Latinos killing it in other fields too, in science, in medicine, uh, you know, and we just need more representation that kind of tells the whole story of, of, of who our community is made up of and what we're capable of. So um, 
And I think this story gives that. The story gives that. We're talking about a 15-year-old girl, Mexican-American, that has two PhDs. Uh, and her, her main focus is, I want to build robots for NASA. That's her goal in life, you know? So I was excited for every other little girl watching, you know, this show saying, oh, that sounds cool. I want to do that too. You know, raising the bar in that way. And then telling like true, true, like true stories through the dynamics that you were saying, like the dynamic between me and Paulina, where Theo Victor and, and, and Ashley, like she teaches him how to be the adult, responsible adult, because he loves her so much that, you know, he just goes above and beyond for her and wants to be the best role model he can be. And he gives her an opportunity to just be a kid, you know, to... That's cool. It's great that you're studying. It's great that you're focused. But like, you're 15. Enjoy life. You know, everybody gets so caught up on the on the on the final destination. Everybody says, "Oh, I gotta get to Z. I gotta get to Z. I gotta get to Z." But when you get to Z, they ask you to say the ABCs, and you can't remember them because you didn't like you didn't stop and and you know maybe went into that bar, had a drink with a friend. You didn't stop and talk to that stranger that could have offered you some incredible advice. You didn't stop and. Look at that sunset. The journey to the final destination is where the, the real success lies, I feel. So I think that he gives her an opportunity to understand that. And uh, and that dynamic between the, the two of them is just magical. It's, it's, it's magical. Uh, credit to the writers, to the entire staff. Seth Curlin, bro, one of the main writers on Friends, which is one of the most iconic shows in the world. David Kendall created Boy Meets World. I mean, I grew up on Tori, uh, Corey and Topanga, bro. I, I, I grew up watching that. So to work with these animals, to these beasts uh, in the comedy space, um, Mario Lopez being our executive producer, which I got a lot of respect for, and we've become like brothers. Um, it's just a real, real special group that genuinely cares about our culture. And I love that, that you guys drop subtle little cultural hints. Uh, seeing you and Paulina sing together, not only when you guys did that on the show, but you guys did the snippets for, for social media was phenomenal. I love seeing little things like I'm in radio. So for me, seeing Piolin's radio show on a Mexican t-shirt on uh, Tad's character was like, for me, just that little, like the hints you guys are dropping of like huge Latino-ism um, is really cool to see on, on camera. I got the chills saying it because it's it's really cool to see on camera. Hey Amen. It's it, it is legit. It is legit. Like we got two writers, and they're as American as it gets. As American, like American as it gets. And one of the first meetings that I had with them, um, they they just they were so genuinely interested in getting to know as much as they could about our culture. And I sensed that from them. These are two good-hearted dudes that really, you know, created a diverse team around them that really did their 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 homework, really did their research. The quinceañera episode was super special to me because I I, I grew up singing in quinceañeras, you know, um, and it's a huge stamp in our culture. So I really I feel I feel proud. I feel I feel proud. I feel proud. And and the second part is my favorite. Like my second part is better than the first part. I, I'm probably not even supposed to say that, but. I, I I feel that, yeah. So what's what's next? You know, right now with this whole situation, I feel like I've I've taken I've taken this time, this pandemic, to really. I'm the type of person that, to me, there's two types of people in the world: the ones that cry and the ones that sell tissues. So it's like I'm in the tissue selling business. Okay, I'm I'm like when these things happen, 
I, I always, I always seem to like, my mind says, okay, how can I use this to my favor? All right. You know, I, I believe we were put on this earth to, to win, you know, to, we were, we weren't brought here after all the odds we have to overcome to even get here to begin with, uh, to suffer. I believe we were brought here with our differences and all different circumstances. Um, we were brought here to win. It's just the mind. That's all it comes down to is, is your perspective on life that puts you in a position to win or not, even when your back's against the wall. And I feel like this pandemic has been an opportunity, you know, disguised as tragedy um, for us to work on other things, refocus, readjust, um, you know, and I've been working a lot on myself, uh, doing some introspection, uh, spending time with my family, healing, to be honest with y'all. I got family issues, you know, and, and we really took this time to, yo, I mean, we're already here. So like, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Like, come on, really? Like, let's just, let's just let it out. Why do you feel that way? I'm going to tell you how I feel that way, but I hate you for doing this and that and that. And we've really taken this time to talk about issues that we had not talked about in a long time that was super uncomfortable, super uncomfortable eating at us, you know? And, um, and I think that when you when you take the time to to make those adjustments, um, and you make your personal life your biggest project, I believe that that creates so much more space and a much more solid ground to build everything else around. You know, um, our industry is obviously taking a hit. Um, I can't even imagine the families that depend on that little street corner to sell fruit, to sell this, to provide for their families and and local business owners. I think about them all the time, to be honest with y'all, um, you know, and uh, I hope that this gets better. But meanwhile, we just got to try and make the best of it. And that's where I've been right now. You know, my production company, which I have with my brother, we've been more creative than ever writing concepts for talk shows, for for um, short format concepts. I've been in and out of the studio last three, four days. I've been in the studio till 4.35 in the morning um, making new music. We got a new release soon. We launched Water, which uh, which came out not too long ago, which I'm super proud of. Yeah, and uh, and and then we, uh, I'm super proud of that song. If, if y'all haven't checked out Water, um, please do and tell me what you think. Um, and and we got new music on the way. We, we should be dropping something soon uh, uh, before the end of this year for sure, so. Stay like busy. an album, album in its entirety before the end of the year or just you know, more single before the end of the year single but it is part of a bigger project i'm 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 in a headspace where i want to put a body of work together that you know that really really you know makes a statement that that's that stands for something i i want to because that's the thing i've been doing singles because i haven't found or let me rephrase, there's so much going on that it's hard to sometimes pick. I want it to be about this. And then if you don't have the ability to pick something and you try to talk about everything, the, the, the message gets, you know, a little, it gets a little shaky. It, it gets lost in translation. So I've wanted to choose and pick my battles and, and really pick that something, that one thing that, uh, that drives me enough and makes me passionate enough to make a whole body of work around it. So I've been on that on that frequency. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like to me that you're ready to do a double album. <laughs> one in English, one in, hold on, one in English, one in Spanish, um, with your American culture and your Latino culture blended in. The obviously the Spanish side, you could do salsa, you could do balada, change it up a little bit, and then the English side. So 
It sounds like a double album to me. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's that's a that, that's a brilliant idea. I'm not even playing right now. You you might have just given me, you might have just carved the path for me to. If Let's I go. decide to do that double album, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you on board. I'm gonna bring you on board as a, as an A and R, bro. We gotta do exclusive. Like, gotta come through here. We got we got the whole setup. We got a whole production team. We help. We help. We all good. Are you almost cool? No, it's 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 actually I did the same thing during quarantine. Um, and I like to ask people like how they're doing mentally, um, and what they've been doing during it. And healing and creative as far as the creative space, you said you mentioned doing like you're working on treatments and short story and, and a talk show. Would you writing a movie or a talk show be in the future? For sure. I uh but I love writing. It's something that that I've I've always done. I usually did it through music, but I I I, I love ideas, and I, I'm a big fan of, of stories, human stories. And and bro, my life, like the way the way I live, just sets me up to to live the craziest things, bro. Craziest things. There is never a dull moment in my life, bro. I promise you that. And I come across these stories and these experiences and these circumstances that. That I just, when you view them from a creative perspective and say, wow, this is, this is, you know, this is a movie. This is a series. This is a that. Um, it really is. I've poured a lot of thought and a lot of time into writing out concepts. You know, um, I don't talk about it because those, I have a project that I've been, an animation I've been working on for six years. Wow. You know, uh, a series that we've been developing for four, you know, so. And, and just now we secured the funding for the development of it. And then, and just a year ago, we finally found the animation house to partner up with and bring them on board. So when I, when I put something into writing, I know that, you know, that most of the things, these are things I want to see through, but with, with those types of projects, you know, it, it really, some of them take time. So that's why I don't talk about it much, but definitely, man, definitely it's something that, uh, that I look forward to and and uh, and right now as a producer, but as a writer, the writer of a film or the writer of a series is something that later on in my career, I'm definitely gonna dedicate my time to. Something I, I want to do. I appreciate you sharing two different things. Uh, I think one is really important. I know like, you know, we get told, oh, we can't share too much or mal de ojo or something here, something there, whatever it may be. But I think it is important to. And still, the old real, by the way. Don't. <laughs> but I think it's it's very important to still remind people that do these things, these projects. The you know your you as an as an artist, as an actor, as a person. Like it didn't happen overnight. You put years, you put time, you put dedication, and like you said, not only that, but you have your personal life, you have your family, and you know latino families are just demanding in general you know and and you talking even about breaking those cycles you know those generational cycles sitting down and having those hard conversations especially in times like these is very admirable so i just congratulations on that because not only doing what you do and your social media and all your fans and this and that you know you're you're still finding that balance thank you i appreciate that about Things that you said. First of all, how many quinceañeras have you been in? <laughs> oh. I can speak for myself. You know, I've been in two. Uh, I know Rick probably got a, at least one more than I did. I think like 
four, I think four, maybe I've done four. Guys, yeah. when I tell you this, you're like going to think it's a lie. You're going to think it's a lie. But when I tell you hundreds, I mean hundreds. Hundreds. Respect I've been, that. I've been, I did, I did, bro, we did, we used to do, when, 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 when things were like hot, <laughs> like when I was 14, I thought I was killing it. We were doing two quinceañeras on Friday and two quinceañeras on Saturday. And it was every weekend, bro. But, ah, but I didn't even have a, bro, my childhood was that, you know, and, and, and we were making money for the family and, and really had something going. And my dad, my dad's a businessman and he's a smart dude. So he would always find opportunities here and there. But I, bro, I did hundreds. They even, the first time I leave Miami to sing somewhere else was Dominican Republic. And it's because a travel agency did a poll. They were doing a quinceanera experience and all mm-hmm. the, 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 the girls and their families that were contracting them for the quinceanera experience to go to Punta Cana. Um, they did a poll and they asked what artists they would like to, uh, to do the show. And I wasn't even in the poll. They put me in the poll. Like the vote, the, like they were like, who is this name that people are telling us to hire? Like, who is this? And it was, it was because all the locals that they were getting, you know, from word to mouth were saying, yo, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And then we get the call and, um, and we end up, being a part of this cruise experience where I was now all my summers from 15 to like I was 17, 18, I had a residency at this hotel where I would perform for the, for the quinceañeras. Um, so I did, bro, my, my experience in quinceañeras is extensive, my friends. So. <laughs> by the way, hold up. Let me rephrase that. Hold on. Hold on. Let me rephrase that. I mean, I mean the, the parties. I don't mean like, just, I mean, like the quinceanera <laughs> parties. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure because that, that sounded a little, that sounded a little creepy. I think that's a dope basis for like. Uh, it's like twenty-seven dresses, like the bridesmaid one, where she. Uh, did- yeah. 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 Exactly. You could, hey, you could do the modern day version of the wedding singer. The wedding singer, the quinceanera singer. Of course, mm-hmm. we've, we're, we're on the same page because we've talked about that already a mm-hmm. ton of times. I was like, yo, the quinceanera singer needs to happen. The quinceanera singer needs to happen. The quinceanera singer. Question is like, I asked one of our uh, guests before too, you know, you are bros with Mario Lopez and like his skincare uh, routine gotta be like top tier. And like, crazy. I've seen some of your filmography, you know what I'm saying? It seems to be like an important part of this game. And I asked um, Jonathan, shout out, you know, he put me on to a few tips. Uh, I'm a corporate. Yeah, Jonathan Fernandez, the makeup artist, yeah. Sure. And, but I was wondering, you know, that's a, you know, uh, as, in terms of being a bro with somebody, to have access to a skincare routine, like if Rick was Mario Lopez. I would definitely want to know, bro. How you keep it? How you keep it like this? So please. I wish. I wish that was Mario Lopez. Bro, bro, listen, listen, you guys, you guys gotta this clip of the interview. You gotta send it to me. I'm, I'm gonna send it to Mario. All right. Let's start by. I'm gonna try to get as many answers for you as possible, bro. Look. We need I, answers. 
I'm at, I'm, I'm friends with him. I, I, I'm proud to be friends with him. But like, we haven't gotten to like the the level where we're close enough for me to just be like, you're not Yo, ready. Yo. Yo, let me know. Like, what's up with what's up with the skin routine? So I haven't, we, I haven't, we, I haven't we just gotten gave it. you are in. That's what it is. We just gave you your in to ask Mario Lopez what his skincare routine is. Thousand percent, you did. Mario, now I can talk to him about it, and it's not gonna be weird. You know what I'm saying? Now I can talk to him about it, and be like, oh, you know, I was doing this interview, and they asked me for your skin routine. Can you help me? Can you give me some tips so I can give it to them? Of course, I'm gonna use them. Of course, I'm gonna use them. Tell me, bro. Just tell him, yo, this weird ass dude from the Bronx. Was Mario Lopez Kinker? Yo, but listen to me. You're not that weird. You're not that weird. I said that I haven't gotten to the, the friendship level of asking him, but I've definitely you thought about it. You thought about it. I've definitely thought about it. I'm like, damn. What? Mario and Pharrell Williams are just enigmas. And Daddy Yankee. It's like they're, they're like. Oh, Daddy Yankee got younger. Real. Yeah. Daddy Yankee. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy Yankee. It's like not even his just that's not just his skin, even his head is shrinking. Like it's like he's regressing wanna, I saw, to baby state. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the craziest like, thing in the world. Every you know, time I see him, he looks like like more like a newborn, like yeah. Benjamin <laughs> Button for sure. For sure. percent. <laughs> I feel like one day we're gonna wake up, he's gonna be a baby again. <laughs> Don't forget how to sing and everything. He's gonna have to relearn everything. It's like find <clears throat> him up from Menudo, the new one. Yeah. What? What? Sign him up for the new Menudo. Oh, he's trying to. <laughs> he's trying to. <laughs> for real. Hey, they're probably. They'd so, probably say yes. To close out the show, we always do a segment called Three to One. Um, we ask the guests to give us three things they've been watching, two things they've been listening to, and one thing that they do to keep their sanity. Uh, what are those three to one for you? Three things I'm watching. Damn. I actually, I, I, I like Doesn't sci-fi. Sci-fi? Yeah, yeah. Really? I like, I like sci-fi stuff. I, I do, bro. I, I, I enjoy that stuff. The creativity, like it takes my mind to, to, a, to a different place and as a creative. So I checked out the Umbrella Academy. I, I, I just recently well, started checking that out, which is pretty dope. Um, yeah. I know Vis a Vis is, is a series that oh. I have bro. Visa Visa is, is is legit, and they just came out with with a with a with the last season that I have not oh, checked no, out. Wait. Oh, Visa Visa got at me because I kept telling him, "Yo, watch this show, Visa Visa." It's called like yeah. up on Netflix. Bro. I it's, watched exactly. Spanish, bro. That is that is they're they're, they're, they're incredible, bro. incredible. And to be honest with you, bro, I've uh, let me see, let me think about something else that that I that I'm watching. Because those are the two things that really come to mind. Because I've been in the studio so much that I haven't really, I haven't really been uh, paying too much attention to what else is out there. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions, so I can fill that one space. Uh, you, well, you mentioned the Jordan doc that you watched recently. The, For the sure, but anything I haven't sure watched that maybe you guys have watched. You know what I'm saying? Um, we were talking. Oh, uh, about it. I know it's very random because you said you like sports, but The Undertaker has a really dope documentary about his career, which is yeah, very, very amazing. Really? Yes. Wow. And even hearing his voice, because, like, you know, you bring up different things. Like, like for me, I'm a vo- like radio voiceover and, like, all of that stuff. So hearing his real voice and then, like, growing up with the person in my head that I knew, it was amazing. Well, that's I what I mean. I mean, look, if Mario, if talking about Mario, because we were talking about Mario, 
if I if the last project, I said Umbrella Academy, I said Visa Vis. If I don't say Ashley Garcia, he's gonna be like, oh, you you're a rookie, you slipped, you should have, you should have. That's he'll tell, bro, you're such a rookie, you slipped, you gotta put it in, you gotta put it in. But honestly, I saw a documentary. Now that you're talking about uh, sports documentaries, the Hernandez brothers, Livan y el Duque. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, bro. I don't know if you guys have seen that documentary, but uh, I saw it recently, and man, is, is I is the thirty on ESPN that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, but it, but they actually have you know the document like a a, a doc uh, about it in Netflix, I believe, I believe. But um, I mean, if you if you search it, I'm sure it'll pop up. But it was it was it was great, man. It was great. It really it really gives you an inside look on what immigrants have to go through. And in the case of them, they're Cuban. But what what both brothers have to had to go through to get to the major leagues and the way it went down, it was it's such a it's such a moving, jaw dropping story, man, that um, I recommend it. It was, it was really good. I want to ask you real quick. I know you're going to do the two things you're listening to and the one thing that keeps you sane. You're from Miami. You're Cuban. Are you into MMA? They're two very big... Am big, I into MMA? Yeah, they're two big UFC stars. Son Cubano Lobo. Masvidal. Masvidal. Romero. Yeah. Of course. Those two, for me, you, you put them on any card, I'll watch no matter what. Um, uh, me too. I, I'm so upset at the UFC because I genuinely feel that they've robbed Romero on more than one occasion. Bro. Like, oh. I've, I, I've, like, as a fan, I've, 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 I just, bro, I, I'm, I'm emotional when it comes to sports. So, like, I vent, bro. I go on that UFC page and I'm like, bro, I go in. I go, I go in, bro. I'm like, man, this guy can't catch a break, you know? Um, but I love watching them fight, bro. I love watching them fight. Masvidal took that fight, you know, that last fight with, 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 and by the way, Usman, I know Usman, I've, I've, him and I have spoken directly, um, uh, uh, through IG, we voice notes. He's a stand up guy, bro. He's a class act. Like I, I really got respect for, for the Nigerian nightmare, bro. I, I, I love the dude. I got love for him. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Masvidal just, he didn't have enough time to prep for that fight. You know, that fight would have been much more, uh, would have been much more competitive if, if he really would have prepped for it. But hey, we're only as big as would have been competitive, though. I think if you give Jorge six, eight weeks, uh, he, I mean, no, bro, he has to drop 20 pounds in six days. But that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He took the saying. opportunity and ran with it. And, and that's exactly what he needed to, to get do. another one. And that's oh, because, what you know have to deal with. Of course, because that's who he is. You know, he's gonna take. I mean, you, you, you. I mean, you, you wave a steak in front of a hungry dog. It's gonna like they're going for it. You know, like and and Masvidal don't play. He does not play. Like, like that guy is is a real deal. So, um, I think that this loss, though, everything happens for a reason, bro. I really think that this loss is going to make him better. You know, I think that. You know, he, he had nothing to lose going into that fight if he lost it because everyone knew that he had to drop that amount of pounds in those days. If anything, he earned everyone's respect even more. And, uh, Five and you know, yeah. And, and he's he's got to come back. I, I predict that he's going to come back, bro. 
And I'm sure Usman will give him a. I'm sure Usman. You think he'll run it back, Usman? Yeah, I think Usman. Like I don't. I don't think Usman shies away from a challenge either. I think. I think Usman will give him a rematch for sure. I just had to throw that in there. I mean, you're, my wife is Cuban, first of all. So, um, and one of my friends is Cuban. So, like, when I when he's on, I always text him, and he's he's not really into sports. So he's like, "Yo, so the Cuban guy's fighting? Oh, I'll watch. I'll watch it." I'm like, "Yo, you gotta watch this guy, Masvidal. It's not that he's Cuban. He's just nasty." And and Romero is 40, 40 Oh, we lost. We lost uh, Giancarlo. Okay. But Romero is in his mid forties and fights like Romero. Romero. Romero is the Adrian Peterson of the MMA. That guy's physical conditioning. What that guy's able to do is just insane at the age that 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 uh that he's at, man. Insane. Insane, insane, insane. Like I'm I'm so impressed with that dude. It's like Mike Tyson. Watching Mike Tyson now. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited about that. I, I would have obviously oh, preferred yeah. it to be for with like with Holyfield. Um but uh but you know I'm just excited to see that guy in the ring again, you know, and what I saw what I, the images I saw of him training Videos on the video. Yeah. He still what got you, it. What do you really think about that fight though? Roy, Roy Jones Jr. that he's going against, no? Huh? I mean that fight. That that fight is a that's a money fight, you know. Like that. That's just that's just like, yeah. I mean they, they they know they know what it is. Like that's gonna be that's gonna bring them. Oh, that's I I don't even want to think about how much that fight's. Gonna I don't make. think Mike. I don't think Mike's thinking his money grab though. I think Mike's going in there to do work because I think Mike is hungry and he's got that. Yeah. His video, For sure. He's showing. His- I don't really fuck with sports that much. I do. Uh, like boxing a little bit more, but yeah. I feel like I really love Mike, but I I'm gonna go with Roy Jones Jr. on this one though, um, and I know that that's you know, yeah. opinion right because I love Mike and I really want him to have that kind of comeback, but um, you know I feel like Roy been in the ring man he been there. He been like he he hasn't. What was the last time uh, Roy Jones Jr. was in a fight? No, for time? sure. I mean, Roy, Roy, I what Roy fought two years ago. I don't, I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was definitely much more recent than Mike. You know, now I, I just think it's about the game plan, bro. Because at the end of the day, it's it's about the strategy that you put together when you go into these type of fights. First of all, it's not going to be a twelve round uh, match. You know. Um, secondly. Um, I, I wonder, considering their age, like what other, you know, restrictions and limitations internally are there going to be between them, you know? And I just think that if Mike, if Mike tries to be explosive and go for the knockout from the get, you know, then for sure, um, unless he gets, unless he gets a lucky hit in there, I think Sugar, I, I think, I think Roy, I think Roy is going to, can tire him out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, but I don't know, bro. What I saw, what I saw from Mike is scary. Mike Tyson. Scary. I, I think I get it. Get it, bro. I get it, bro. But in the gym, in the I gym, I don't think Roy's ever tasted power like Mike. And Mike, at whatever his age he is, the power is still there. 
You see, uh, you, you know, you know what the, you because know, I, I hear what you're saying about about Roy, and I hear what you're saying about 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 Mike. But I think there's something. Look, Nate Diaz in the MMA has it. Masvidal has it. Like for a fighter, oh, there is there is an instinct, an animal instinct, that life or death, like that that just that killer mindset mentality. We talked about it with Jordan. You know, I just I just don't see that fury in Roy the way I see it in Mike. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when when your back's against the wall in that ring, I just think Mike has that instinct where I'm I really do believe he's willing to leave his life in that ring, bro. I I I believe that Mike is okay with dying that night in that ring. You know what I'm saying? Like Roy, Roy's gonna go into it. He's gonna be like, oh, I got things to do. Like I want to go back to my family. This and this, bro. But Mike is gonna go out there, bro. He's like, I'm dying tonight, and that's dangerous, bro. That's dangerous. But that's that's what makes the big difference. That's where that power hit comes from. That's where that surprise knockout. Like that's where all that 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 fear and passion. No, that shit is a great base. It's a great. It's a great basis for a fucking like boxing movie. The story, the story that. You- is a great basis for a boxing movie, but yeah, conditioning, conditioning is a real conditioning thing. takes. But have you seen? First of all, sure. have you seen Mike's picture? This is what got me. He took a picture in uh, in some tidy whitey underwears, like some some underwears. The guy is ripped, and he wasn't a year ago. So that tells me that switch. Condition- oh, bro, this went on. The so, thing is. The thing is, here, here's this. If Roy, and I'm going to say this with, with, with the most respect. Let's, be, let's just be realistic. If Roy wins that fight in a week, everybody forgets. If Mike Tyson wins that fight, It'll go down in history. The, the boxing organization can create an empire, another empire on, on Mike's comeback. You know, so I just think there's so many vested interests. This is a business, bro. And we got to remember that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, it's not a street fight. No, this is a business. So I just feel like, like I feel Mike has a, a more of an edge and more in his favor to win this fight because of everything we've spoken about. Can Roy surprise us? Does Roy have the conditioning and the experience and whatnot to go in there and get the job done? Of course. But... There's so many other factors, bro. That as fans, we don't we don't like to sit down and and really really see. That I feel I feel Mike is gonna come out victorious from that fight, bro. I think I so. It. Yeah. So yeah, I, I cut you off in the uh, three two yeah. one segment. I know you got a little excited oh, no. over there, Rick. We got we still gotta hear the two things he's listening to. Yo, we all got excited. One thing that's keeping him sane. No, the thing is, he touched he touched the MMA card. When he said MMA, yeah. that's it. It's game over. I that's like, my thing. Yo, he's solidifying the the president of like the bromance fan club right now. Like he's like soliciting <laughs> that right now. <laughs> so, we could we could we could be here all day. Those are things I love to talk about. But so two things he said he said the three things we're watching. Mm-hmm. Two things I'm listening to, right? Yeah, I'm listening to I'm listening to a lot of Afrobeat. Is something that um, you know when Afrobeat started started kind of coming up on the map. Um, I heard I, I would hear Afrobeat. And I was like, oh, this sounds super familiar. Like as as a Cuban, you know, eighty percent of Cuba is African. 
you know, the African influence in Cuba and in the Caribbean in general um, is, is just massive, you know? So it was a, a rhythm that I, and I saw Beyonce's project, the Lion King one that she just, she just put out oh, um, the rhythms in it. If you listen to the rhythm, yo, I think it's track number eight or toward the end. It's ba, 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 la clave. Like she's got la clave. It's just the way they sonically design it. Obviously it's genius. It's genius. It's genius because they, they, they give it a different sound. They give it a different feel. You know, they, they, they give it that global appeal. But, but hey, you can dress it up any way you want. I know what that is. You know what I'm saying? And, and those influences are, they, they come from, from Latinos. They come from, from the, mother, um, the motherland, you know, from Africa, of course. So it was beautiful to see, to see that project come together. So I've been listening to a lot of Afrobeat. Um, and, and I've been listening to a lot of like old school songs too, you know, like smooth operator. I've been listening to, 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 to just a bunch of just like oldies, oldies, like, like Casey and the sunshine band, just, you know, refreshing my, my influences and, and, uh, listening to old school salsa, listening to Chichi Peralta, listening to, um, to just a, a bunch of oldies as I well. Just played, I just played a voiceover to Careless Whisper. I was the voice of a cheesecake, but oh, the what? song we picked for it was Careless Whisper. So it was really funny. I used to like a lot of the old school because I've been like in that vibe, like eighties vibe. Like yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of that. There's so, so, so much good music. So much good music. And then the one thing keeping you sane through all of the madness. The one thing keeping me sane through this madness, man, uh, just, <laughs> I don't know, guys, there's a few things, few things keeping me sane. There's <laughs> a few things keeping me sane. This and I thought about the first five and I'm like, well, nope, I can't say that. No, no, I can't say that one either. No, I got to stay away from that one. I don't want to say that. Um, no, uh, I think my, my definitely like my, my my music is something that's keeping me sane. Like in all seriousness, even though it's number six on my list, um, I uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely <laughs> the <laughs> your honesty is keeping us sane though. <laughs> the the work ethic, my work ethic, like. And just being in that studio, that studio is, is therapy for me. So I've, I've, I've been, um, you know, I've been investing a lot of time into, into, into my music, man. So that's, that's been keeping me sane. And the bubble too. Thank you, NBA, UFC. Thank you as well. And all, all, those, all those athletes, bro, that are, you know, considering the circumstances and the pandemic and all that stuff. I know that they, that some of them have families at high risk. I, 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 I respect that, you know, I respect that they're, 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 they're putting themselves at risk. And at the end of the day, yeah, of course, they make a check, but it's also for, for our entertainment, too. We get to enjoy it. So, so yeah. I want to thank you for coming on our podcast. I appreciate it 100%. Um, oh, messages that you dropped about being in the moment and uh, just always being determined. And if something's for you, it's for you. Uh, if you have one piece of advice to give an inspiring musician or actor, what would that be? 
Man, first of all, thank you guys for, for having me on. You know, um, I, I, I appreciate that. I, having good conversation with, with, with good people, that's, that's what life is about to me. So, so I really enjoyed this. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you. And, um, and any, any piece of advice, yo, something that helps me is like desperation is, is, is a man's enemy. You know, um, when we, when we fall into desperation and there's many reasons why we could find desperation, especially in these times right now, but especially for someone that is not, sometimes we see where we are and we see it so far from where we want to be that, you know, we get desperate. And when you make decisions in a desperate moment, nothing good ever comes out of that. You know what I'm saying? So it was what we were talking about at one point is enjoying the journey. You know, even though you're far from your destination, you really got to, you really got to find a way to, to enjoy every step of it. Because if not, then, you know, you're constantly battling with, with, with fears and with the doubts and with the self doubt and with all these things that contaminate your peace of mind and, and being in the moment, you know, really being able to enjoy and soak it all in. And, and saying, yo, I am here. It's not that something good is coming. Something good is already here. I'm breathing. I'm alive. Whatever it is, you know, shit happens. But, but we're here. So I, I, always, I always tell myself that. And it, it helps me to, to, you know, to navigate my decisions in calm waters, even when the storm, you know, is, is at the door. So. Yeah. Sure. Thanks, Ben, for being on the show. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Water is available now on iTunes if you want to download it. And also on Netflix, he has a show. If you want to see it, Expanding the Universe, because I want to, everybody says Ashley Garcia. The name of the show is Expanding the Universe of Ashley Garcia. Uh, you can watch all 14 episodes on Netflix. Yep, right part one and two. Don't miss it out. Again, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all the future projects. And don't forget to ask Mario about that skincare routine. <laughs> I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. Well, I got you, bro. I love that. Hey, thank you, guys. Yeah. Cool. Have a good one. All right. Ciao.